Welcome, everybody. Episode 7, AOS Podcast. We're back at it. Uh, it's Wednesday. I know some of y'all looking like, man, what these dudes doing on here, man? This ain't Friday, but we are back. We got a new show time, new show day. Uh, the people have spoken, and they said, hey, we want to get y'all sooner than Friday. So here we are on a Wednesday, AOS Podcast, and this is Episode 7. It's titled Support Systems. Uh, coaches and mentors for education leaders. And so you're going to hear a dynamic conversation from the from the boys and, and I. We're going to talk about our journey through leadership and the folks that have been instrumental in our life um, and how we've been able to navigate through that time. And so we're excited about that. But as always, if you are a first time listener, want to say thank you and subscribe to our YouTube page, which is the AOS podcast. Um, like us on Facebook with the AOS podcast and follow us on Twitter, AOS podcast. And you're going to really enjoy the content. If you haven't listened to previous episodes, definitely go back and check those out. But this is episode seven on a Wednesday. I got Ball and Doc with me. And so before we get going, audience, if you're in there, drop drop a comment, drop a like. One to ten, how you feeling? It's hump day. I got fall break in two days, so I'm feeling like 20. Made it to 20. So check-ins real quick. Doc, man, what's been going on this week, brother? Hey, man, it's, it's been a good week so far. Um, you know, um, finished up my uh, school improvement plan. I'm getting ready to present that to the board next Wednesday. I'm super excited about that. Uh, we kicked off our book study of uh, with, with the whole staff. Why are all the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria? So the staff was real receptive on that. Um, excited about to see what that's going to work. And then, you know, uh, just grinding, man, grinding, doing my thing. Um, I see ball, you know, he, he must be in nap town because his internet not working. <laughs> hey, listen, bro. I'm at the school, man. So I'm I'm a little worried, man. I'm gonna be honest. I'm a little worried about this right now. But hey, man, listen, that's good, that, brother. So what, what, what's that shirt about, man? Hold on. What's that? Oh, so oh, okay. So uh, so this is my uh, building leadership team. This is our shirt. Uh, this was designed by uh, my one A, Miss Dakis, who is no longer with me. She's not an instructional coach in the district, but she was a math teacher with me last year. She designed it. And then on the back, it says uh, laying on support for our colleagues. Uh, so it's our, little, our building leadership team that do a lot of the instructional decision making around here, which is comprised of six teachers and my instructional coach and myself. So got you, man. Well, I got on a hoodie and a vest. So I just tell you what's going on up here in Naptown at to work. It's cold. It's cold up here. Man, it was, it was 50 degrees this morning. Now it's 80. So I went outside for a dismissal, sweating bullets. I, exactly, ball. That's the same face I made when I walked outside, man. Like, wow. what's going on? Hey, man, we're just doing check-ins, boss. Man, what's going on in Cali, man? How's things going this week? Oh, you know, things are good, man. Uh, you know, the, the the smoke has cleared a little bit in my area. I mean, y'all know that California's been burning for what seems like forever. But um, in our area, it's uh, the smoke is, is cleared. Um, this week in school, we're uh, doing parent-teacher student conferences. So that's the hot hot thing on my on my plate right now. Um, but everything's going well. You know, we're we're having really good discussions with families about how we can support students. So, um, you know, so I'm good and uh, in in that way. That's the old man. And y'all about to have that parade too on Friday in California. All of Cali about to be up when the Lakers win. Uh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, it's live. It's it's gonna be live. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a LeBron James fan, so you know I can. That's what I said. Give, give or take of the Lakers. Uh, you know. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh oh. What what, what uh, you got, Doc? Let's, what let's you got, Doc? Let's move on. I do got a good question though, because you did talk about parent teacher student conferences. Do y'all do student led yeah. conferences? 
We we've been uh, coaching our students this year. It's been really it's it's been difficult because you know we're talking a lot with uh, sixth grade families uh, so far, and we haven't been able to coach them up on how to do that. But you know we we've been uh, as much as possible focusing on on the students and getting their feedback to see you know how things have been going for them and what they think we can do to help support them. Uh, Dave, y'all do student led conferences at your building? Nah, man, we ain't there yet. Oh, okay. We, we about we about a year or two away from that. Okay. I I need listen. I'm still coaching teachers on how to do conferences. Okay. Like <laughs> we gotta get that. I, I figured you could just buy, bypass that and coach the students. Man, I thought about <laughs> that, man. But I was like, no, nah, teacher, jump in, say something wrong. Man. So look, that goes to our topic though, right? Because right. it was a mentor, man, that told me, hey, baby steps. So first, you do, you train yourself how you lead a conference. You model for your staff. You staff do it. They model for the students. And then, like you said, this, this, the third layer, right, is that student piece. And so, like I said, we're still a year or two out, man. I got, I got some folks that are pretty decent and solid at it, um, but we're not quite there yet. So, fellas, look, we're going to jump in, man, because the title of the show is Support Systems and Coaches and Mentors for Education Leaders. So let's start. Let's start very simple, man. We didn't get here on our own. None of us just showed up in education and became a leader. So we had people that came and supported us um, throughout this journey, man. So each of us, let's jump in and share our story. So, uh, man, Doc, this was, I think this is, no, Bob, this was your idea. This is my, this question, my idea. Man. Yeah. yeah, man, so so kick us off, man. Like, tell us the story, man, uh, about who helped you get to this point. Yeah, you know, I, I talked about it a little bit last show, but uh, really I was uh, I was influenced by my principal in middle school and high school. I ended up having the same principal when I transferred from, uh, transition from uh, eighth grade to ninth grade, she moved up to the high school with us and was was just an example of how it is to lead, to be out front, uh, to be supportive of your students, to be supportive of your staff. And she was just really a mother figure for me, Dr. Crates, back in uh, wonderful Finley, Ohio. And she, she just set, set the example. So it made me really think about being, uh, being an educator and then um, there were a couple summer programs that we had where high schoolers were working with uh, high school teachers and we were running a, a summer educational camp for uh, elementary school kids. And so I did that for a summer and I really, really uh, enjoyed that time. Um, I was I, I was with one of our physics teachers and, and math and physics are not my thing, but he made it fun. And he made it enjoyable. And so that really inspired me. I was like, you know, this is something that that I really can do and want to do. And then we had also um, like a careers in teaching course uh, at, at the high school. And so my senior year, I did that and got to work with an elementary school teacher. And again, you know, just going through that experience and seeing how I could have the influence that those teachers had on me. So that was really the springboard for me to decide that I wanted to get into education. And I mean, I can go into all my sports coaches as well because they really fueled me and motivated me to, to just, just be that example that, uh, you know, our young, our young people need. Man, that's dope, man. Like I said, so my, mine is somewhat along those lines, but man, honestly, when I think about who got me here, right. And so, I'm going to start from the moment like day one in leadership, right? Where I, I, listen, I don't know if it was youthful inexperience or this fear of failure, man, but I was trying to imitate my mentor, and my boss, man. And she said something to me. She was like, leadership looks different for different people, right? 
effective leadership uh, for me is different than effective leadership for you. So you got to find a leader that you want to be. I spent a year that first year, man, I fell miserably because I was trying to be like her. Right. And man, she was a pit bull, man. But she was she was she was just in your face. And that's just not me. Right. At the time, it wasn't me. And I was trying to imitate that man and, and fell miserably. But it wasn't until she pulled me aside, man, and dropped that gym on me, man, and coached me. And she said, we got to find out who you are. Who's David McGuire as a leader? What type of teacher was David McGuire? What to, how did David McGuire lead his students? And that's the kind of approach you got to be. You got to be authentic to who you are, man. And so Kelly Marshall, man, is, is somebody that I still look up to and owe her because I wouldn't have got to this point where I'm at Summit had I not had that conversation with her and just sitting me down and talking to me about, let's find out who you are and not who or not you trying to be like me, but you trying to be the leader that you are, man. And so that's always my advice. And we'll get into that later on and advice for, because if we are growing and we're going to be leaders, mentors to other ad leaders, but that was some advice, man. And it, it was, a, it was a rough year, but as I fast forward now, five years later, man, and, and the principal I am now was because of that and, and her constant guidance. And she always asked me, are you being true to you? Right. Um, they, they say, man, heavy is the head that wears the crown, right? Leadership is hard, man. The last thing we need to do as leaders is try to be something that we're not. We just have to be true to who we are. So um, I I thank Kelly Marshall for that, for sure. So, Dave, that was year one as a principal? Yeah, man. Year one as a principal. I I, I saw the way she led our dish. I'm like, I'm going to be like that. I'm going to just go in. You know, and I was just people like, man, what's this dude about, man? This ain't even you, right? And she saw that and she saw me. I wasn't getting through the staff. I wasn't getting through the students. I wasn't getting through the parents. And she was like, man, it doesn't even seem natural. And it was hard to keep up with as I reflect. Um, because, again, it, it, it wasn't true to who I was. But now, man, I'm living. I'm the leader I am. Um, and I have a little bit of that now, but I had to grow into that. That wasn't me right out the gate. So. Uh, wow. I'm, I'm trying to figure, like, do I go back to, like, how I got here in education or to my leadership? So I'm going to kind of break up into two parts. Two people played a role into me get, actually getting into education. First was my uh, high school principal. Um, and it, it, the words didn't mean nothing to me at the time. But as I got into education, they just they resonated more and more with me. Um, when I got in trouble one time, I was getting ready to get suspended for a fight or whatever. She sat me down and said, you know, uh, Vashon, you're going to be a great educator one day because the worst students turn out to be the best educator, just like the worst criminals could be the best lawyers. And at the time, I'm like, man, I'm not going to be no educator. You got me. So uh, when I got into education, somehow those words kept playing in my head. And then as I got into my undergrad years, um, Dr. Bonnie J. Perry, uh, who was one of my mentors, was the first one when I was getting ready to leave education. I was a part of a program between the University of Nebraska, Omaha and Omaha Public Schools called the Minority Intern Program, where during our undergrad, we got to go into classrooms and you know get experience, things like that. And I was working at North High and I hated it. I was like, man, I'm about to straight up smack one of these kids. Like they got me all the way twisted. So I was getting ready to, to lead a program. And she was like, you know what? How about you go try middle school? Just go try middle school before you change things. And from the day I stepped into a middle school, Monroe Middle School in Omaha, Nebraska, I knew that's where I wanted to be. You know, and it's, it's just, you know, in education, I tell you, if you're a middle school person, you know it from day one. Um, so that's how I got into education. But fast forward to how I got here as a leader. It wouldn't have happened without Miss Guest, another one of my mentors who, when I was my last year in the classroom, she was my assistant principal. And I thought this lady hated me. Oh my God, I thought she hated me. Like she never spoke to me unless it was, you know, an evaluation or an observation. This like was real mean. And then she got a principal's job after that year. And she came to me and was like, I want you to be my instructional coach at my, in my new building. And I was like, me? Like, I didn't think you liked me. And then from there, we just, I mean, 
this amazing brother and sister relationship, you know, mentor mentee relationship that we have developed over the last eight years um, during this journey. And then um, I did one year as her instructional coach and then she promoted me to her assistant principal the next year. Um, and that's what got me into administration. Um, so without those people, you know, Dr. Perry and uh, Miss Guest, I wouldn't be sitting in this chair today. And listen, and it's up there, man, that the black black women, it's crazy, man, because like I said, it was it was a black woman for me. Right. That that got me to this point. And, and that goes to because growing up, man, I think about K through 12. I have many black male teachers. Right. And then through leadership, all my professors, my my professors in my uh, leadership program were black women. Now that I think about it. Six of the seven in my principal program were black women. Which is crazy. Now I still think about that. Which is crazy because the other day, one of the pieces I'm writing for my blog um, is about you know the people that have uh, mentored me throughout the years. And as I go throughout that mentor tree, there's very few black men on that tree. You know, I think mm -hmm. back and my, my, my best friend, my BFF is in the comments. Uh, she talked about Mr. Dye, who was our high school math teacher, who was probably one of the only black men, male teachers I had in my K-12 journey. Um, but I just, I remember early on in college, as well as in my early teaching career, like I had to fight against black men that were in administration who were basically was trying to shut me out. Um, you know, I kind of had that good old boy system, things like that. So as I kind of reflected back over that in the last month or so, as I wrote this piece, I'm like, man, it's crazy how there aren't a lot of black men that have tried to help me get to that next level. Mm. Which man, which is almost, which is almost sad. So look, there's some comments in here and I think we, we'd be remiss if we didn't do it right for the viewers, man. So ball, man, you touched on something, man. that got the folks jumping in here. So a lot of folks are asking about conferences and, and things like that. So mm. yeah. people saying I got conferences coming up and, and Auntie Toya asked about who's setting the agenda. And so ball, y'all got more experience. My conferences are real basic. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. They just, they real basic. I got nothing fancy. So let's take a couple of months before we, Go back into the topics, man. Make sure we give the people what they want. So tell me what y'all parent-teacher conferences are like and what are y'all planning for uh, to make sure that during this time with it being virtual that they're still impactful uh, for parents and scholars. Yeah, I think um, we, we've got a good counseling team in my school and they are focused on keeping it student-centered. Like I said before, in the past, it's always been uh, student-led and there's been a lot of coaching with their core teachers and with our counseling team to prepare students so that they're ready to get in there and talk. And, you know, we've got, we've got an agenda set up with, you know, what's going well for you in a remote setting. Um, you know, what are some areas that you feel like you need support in? What are you noticing? So we get the feedback from the student first, then it's um, student and then parent. And then the teachers, what what they're what everyone is seeing, and then um, you know the basically with with all the feedback, all all those things, we put together an action plan at the very end because at our school um, we're focused on students that um, that aren't aren't successful that that aren't successful yet, um, mm -hmm. you know maybe they have a D or, or an F even, and and so you know we're really trying to um, step in during the end of the first quarter and and get those. Uh, get a plan in place to help them be successful as successful as possible. And it's not just on the, um, on the student, it's on the teachers. Mm -hmm. It's, it's on, it's on the entire team. I mean, we, we approach every meeting, every conference as it's a team effort. So we're here for, you know, team, team Joey or whoever the student mm -hmm. is to figure out what's, what's working. And, and in a remote setting, again, we're, we're fully remote right now. 
we've got a lot of kids that are struggling um, yeah. to to you know stay stay engaged you know there's there's other dis- there's distractions <laughs> um you know they're sitting they're sitting on the couch and you know their their siblings are are watching tv and they're right in front of that and just just all those all those factors we have to take into consideration and just take steps to say hey you know what these are the things that we're seeing these are the ways that we think we can help let's try these things if they're not if it's not working out let's come back to the table and let's have more discussions about it yeah hey doc man as you talk because you said something about the idea of the student-led conferences and so to uh to um auntie toya's point she said what what about the students that are doing well and how do you push Mm -hmm. them further I've heard folks use student-led conferences more so for those high students, right, to get them to think deeply and reflect on, on their ability and how they're doing a bit of articulate like that. So, man, touch touch on, like, how you have implemented what I'm assuming is student-led conferences and how that's been successful for you all. Uh, so, yeah, so we, we um, I came from a building where we we had implemented student-led conferences and then we dabbled into it a little bit um, as my first year last year. But basically the whole purpose behind student-led conferences is for really for kids to talk about um, a couple of things. One, um, something that they're proud of that they've accomplished throughout that time frame, whether it be, you know, the first quarter, um, the first half of the school year for second, you know, semester um, conferences. So what is something that you're proud on? And then what is in the area that you've grown in? So taking, you know, a pre-write and then, you know, comparing it to a final write or a pre-test, comparing it to a post-test, and then having them be able to articulate their growth through a unit or through a, um, a set, a set, let's a set of lessons as they learn through that process, and then also an area that they need to improve upon. So, um, even if you know you have that kid that's an A student, if they're getting a B in one class, or if they're getting a C or a D, how can they pull that up, um, and what can they do to kind of um, help themselves self advocate? And we build a lot of that plan around smart goals, so having kids create smart goals, and then they walk their parents through the smart goal process. And then teachers are there's there's there as facilitators, you know, kind of just to ask questions. Um, we are, you know, we have team systems here, so there's four core teachers on a team with a group of kids, so they're there just to kind of answer questions specific about instruction or about a, a topic or things like that. So what that's going to look like for us this first quarter, because uh, our conferences are coming up the first week of November, might be a little bit different because, like Boss said, we have kids that are struggling tremendously with this virtual learning thing. And we are actually in the midst of talking about bringing our kids back to the building in a hybrid mode um, here probably in the next three to four weeks. Um, so it'll okay. be right around right around conference time we make that move. So what I'm talking to my teachers about as we move um, into conference season, what I need you to be talking about in those conferences is the social emotional part of the students. What are they struggling with, you know, social emotionally? How can we better build support systems around that? Um, and I, I've been on this whole thing on Facebook and some of the stuff I've been reading, you know, we got to get to Bloom's before we are to Maslow before we get to Bloom. So how do we make sure all those things are in place so that kids feel safe, whether it's at home virtually or in the building, you know, dealing with other students before we actually get to the instructional piece of that. We're going to talk about instruction and the grade thing, but I think the social emotional part of that is going to be a big focus around our conferences this first go around. Got you. Man, listen, see, this is, this is why I like talking to y'all, man. Cause like I said, my conferences are real basic. But I took some notes, man, on, on things I need to do. And I, I and I, when I say basic, it's because, again, when we took the school over four years ago, like it was chronically failing. And so we had to like start from scratch with certain systems. And so some of that had to be controlled. And so my teacher tell you, like if they were here two years ago. They had a script. This is what you're going to say. And this is what you're going to say when you're going to say. And you just input the data. Right. So you start off with the praise. So we use. What's the success? So it was successful when, you know, next time you'll try is how we get feedback here. And so I would always tell them, like, you start with the success of the kids, you put in the grow areas. Right. And then you end it again with success. Right. 
Um, but you always hit about the data and you never make it personal. That's why you always have data to back it up. And you have artifacts and things like that. But you limit it to 15, 20 minutes of you talking. And then you allow the parent to ask questions or the kid to ask questions and things like that. But you shouldn't be talking the whole meeting. Um, and so that's that's kind of how we did it. Brian. But the idea of the student led conferences and some of the stuff you guys talked about um, is definitely powerful. So, folks, I hope and you that, like that. Go ahead. I'm going to just jump it because I, I think it goes to our topic tonight. You know, mm -hmm. really, it, it's it's coaching and it's mentoring these young people to be able to just like Doc said, self advocate to get you in a position where you're comfortable sitting down talking to adults uh, for whatever the case is. Uh, yeah. Just getting them ready. Just get them ready. That's it, man. So, and it's a, real quick, I want to jump in because this was a a, a, a phrase that I, I heard the other day that I think I'm gonna try to incorporate in this year. Because, like I said, we talked about um, the way we talked about you know students' growth and all that, but what we're gonna um, called uh, glows and grows. Like what are the areas that kids are glowing in? And then what are the areas they can grow in? So that's the terminology I think we're going to incorporate this year in our, our conferences as well. Yeah, man. Uh, shout out to Relay National uh, Principal Fellowship who taught me glows and grows when I went to the Relay <laughs> Fellowship. Uh, uncommon. Shout out to y'all for, for teaching me that because that's something we do. Glows and grows. Uh, we do a thing called three, two, one. So uh, three questions, two suggest or three, three comments, two questions, one suggestion. That's how we do it. We did it. We, some people change the order, but that's how we do it there. So it's a three, two, one. So I learned all that, man, in that fellowship. Again, somebody having a mentor. So, fellas, let's jump back in uh, to our next point. So, Bob, this is all you. I'm going to let you kick these out, yeah. man, because these are the ideas. So you talked about the idea between a coach versus a mentor. So set the stage for us when you say coach versus a mentor and what you mean. And then uh, Doc and I kind of jump in with our thoughts, too. Yeah, so uh, I was uh... – just reflecting over the last week about just, just some of the challenges that we face uh, as leaders. And I can't remember the exact podcast or PD that I was listening to, but there was a conversation about what is the difference. Uh, it was preparing for, I was listening to uh, a, a show and it was talking about preparing you for the next job. So as principal preparing you for the superintendent role, and uh, one of the things that they were talking about is being ready and part of getting ready is having a coach and having a mentor. And they didn't really go into the details. You know, they talked about, you know, uh, a specific time frame. They talked about one person that uh, is going to stick with you, you know, throughout your career and those types of things. So I wanted to dive in and just and really ask you all, do you feel that there is a difference between the idea of a coach and a mentor? You know, I, I think, you know, with an athletic background, you know, I think about that coach, the person that's riding you, that's on you all the time. Do we see that type of thing in uh, in education as a principal? Do we have a coach, whether it's a, you know, a, a direct supervisor that is that is on you trying to help you meet meet your goals? And then, you know, I was thinking about that whole mentor idea. Is that someone that's like coming alongside you and you're bouncing your ideas off of them? So I wanted to throw that out to you to you two to see what your thoughts are. And then, you know, I can I can come back and kind of yeah give my idea. So I, I think, 
Go ahead, Doc. You want to take a stab at it first? Yeah. So basically, I, I look at them differently, and, and I'm actually adding a third category at the end. Um, I do see coaches and mentors differently. Um, and I'm going to give you a real-life example. Last year is my first year. Um, I went out, and I got a coach through Better Lessons. Um, I was able mm. to pay for it through my PD funds. Shout out to Kirsten Taylor. She was amazing. Really helped me get my first year off, um, give me a great foundation. And we met every other week. Um, it was very form formal. Um, we had you know, an agenda when we met. Um, she talked me through certain things. She helped me develop, you know, my vision for the school, talked about the stakeholders that need to be a part of that. It was very, very scripted and very, you know, data driven, performance driven, things like that. Um, but she was amazing. I mean, like I said, I mean, hands down, like if you are a first year or if you're a principal that's struggling or spinning your wheels, I would highly recommend you get with better lessons and get you um, an administrator's coach and help them kind of get you over that hump. Um, but then I also look at Last episode, we had one of my mentors on, Beth Huff, who basically was an informal relationship who I feel like I could text at any time. You know, we had kind of that personal and that professional side that we talked about things as well. And it was kind of it wasn't very scripted. It was kind of organic. It developed on its own um, based on kind of what I needed and how she felt she could kind of come in and undergird and support me in that process. So I definitely see those two roles as different. I see that coach is kind of really being you know, performance driven and trying to get to that goal. Whereas that mentor is really talking about growth and how do we continue to, even once you hit that goal, what's the next thing? How do you keep moving forward? But then I want to add in a third piece that I think we, we also need besides coaches and mentors is we need a sponsor. And a sponsor is that person who is going to be in those rooms you can't get into that's going to bring your name up. That's going to allow you to get to that next level. That's going to keep your name in the discussion and things like that. So I, like I said, why I say I think coaches and mentors are different. I also think we need sponsors so that they can get up when they're in those rooms that we can't get into. They're bringing our name up to help us get into those rooms and get our seat at those tables. Yeah, man. When I was listen, and that's I like that that sponsor piece because that's true. We we need those folks that's going to uh, pull the chair out for us or get the seat at the table and, and bring us alongside. When I think about coach and mentor, man. I don't know if you could be both. And let me, let me tell you why I said that. So my boss that I talked about was a coach for me. She rolled me. She gave me feedback. She gave me glows and grows, right? It wasn't until she transitioned out that she became a mentor, that she became a sounding board. I wonder if, if it's just a tricky situation if your coach is also your mentor. Because that mentor is, is the one that's supposed to catch you when you fall and kind of smooth you up. But that coach, man, does both. That coach is on you. That coach is giving you that critical feedback. And so I, I guess for me, I, pr I would prefer my my mentor to be the person that's, you know, listening to me and give me give me the real advice, but but more of on, on, a, on a gentle side. But I want my coach, man, to give it to me raw. Just give it to me raw, man, and tell me. And when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And you got to correct me and show me. And when I'm right, you praise me. So I think there's an evolution. I think you – most people start off as your coach, and when they transition, that role changes. They become a mentor, but I don't think you can be be both for somebody. I don't think I can be a mentor to my coach. And so, I tell my teacher leaders here, and we'll talk about our coaching tree. I'm your coach right now, right? The APs, that's your mentor. Let them suck you up. I'm here. You said you want to be a leader. My job is to get you there, and so I'm gonna give it to you that way. So that's my thoughts mm. on the difference between a coach and a mentor. Yeah, I, I like I like all of those. Um, you know, I really feel like a coach is like a in the moment thing. It could be a, a supervisor for sure. Uh, I think about um, out here in California, you've got to clear your credentials. So you go through your program and, you know, you take your classes or take a test, or whatever, to get that preliminary admin certification. But then you have to clear your credential. So you've got to go through some type of program where you have a coach mm -hmm. and, you know, um, 
the basically my second year to my third year as an assistant principal, I had a coach and, you know, basically kind of set the stage for, Hey, these are the things that you need to be uh, accomplishing. These are the goals that we're going to set. And I need to see deliverables on meeting each one of these goals in this amount of time. And so when you think of a coach, you think of it that way, you know, I also, and then I think of, and just like you said, David, I think, you know, it's tough to be both to a person, um, you know, that, that mentor, you know, it's probably someone that's, that's had that experience. It's, it's someone mm-hmm. that ha- has gone through, traveled your path. Um, maybe not, maybe it's in a completely different industry and I'm going to bring it back to the frat. Cause you know, that, <laughs> that's one of the things, I mean, cause, cause honestly, that's, that's what it is. I mean, that, that's mm-hmm. what it is, uh, b- being a member of, of whatever fraternity you're in, like it, it's a brotherhood and, you know, you got, we've got so many professionals that have walked these steps that we are in the midst of right now. Uh, two weeks ago, we had a, a social distancing event at uh, one of the bros' houses, uh, not too far from me. And, you know, we just hung out and we're talking, we're sharing these, you know, share, sharing old stories of coming through and crossing and then professional life, what, is, what it's like. And, and those, those moments are invaluable to get that knowledge and soak it up and you can throw ideas out there. You know, did you try this? Um, you know, would this work, you know, in this type of setting or not? And so I, I think that that mentorship has been something that has been so important to me just in my frat experience and it's paying off in my leadership experience as well. Man, listen to that piece about the frat. I remember from September of 2008 to March of 2009, them mofos at Delta Z were straight up coaches, man. They it wasn't until after March when they became mentors, right? And some of y'all yeah. who's Greek know what I'm talking about when I gave the but but it, it started off as coaches, right? But then when it's right. when you when you get to that other side, they become your mentor until so you talk about ball because then the ones are gonna write that recommendation letter because they yeah. wouldn't write no type of recommendation letters during September through March. <laughs> But when, you, so, but when you also think about it, though, like I said, that that we, we kind of bring it into that context, you know, when, when you're going through that process, you want that coach because they are data driven. I mean, it, it's results yep. driven. They're trying results to make. Are, are you yep. are you capable enough to wear these letters? Like, right. I need to make sure that's what they're. So then once you do cross those burning sands and you put these letters on now, let me mentor and show you how to really be a Sigma man. Let me actually mm-hmm. give you all the components of piece you do. So I think that kind of goes back to that piece of the coaching thing is like I'm trying to get you to a point. Mm-hmm. Well, that mentor thing is now, I'm, I'm not just trying to get you to a point. I'm trying to get you to evolve into something totally different. Yep. And we, we ain't talking about Hazen. We're talking about when you sit around a table and read books about the history of right. your chapter and learn yeah. your, 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 your answers. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking Let's about that other that stuff. Let's just yeah. clear that up for all those. All I, don't know about, that I don't know about y'all, but Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated is a non-hazing fraternity. Man, listen, listen, Come I'm going to just say this. Ain't no paper, no pen, but we ain't out here hazing. I just put that out there. Anyway, uh, I do want to say this. This is the uh, AOS Podcast Episode 7. We're talking about support systems. And my boy, Doc, man, we, we have to give a shout-out because we do got a sponsor. Shout-out to the Eight Black Hands who sponsored our show. So we want to throw that out there because they are they are our sponsors because they opened the door for us on this uh, platform for us to do this show and has allowed us to build – our own personal platforms and get our name out there and a recognition. So shout out to them. Uh, shout out to Unc, who's more of a coach and, and Charles and Sharif and Chris, who are more of the mentors. So let me just say that. That's, that's my thoughts on the eight black hands. 
We had three mentors and one coach. That's for me. What y'all think, man? What, how would y'all how would y'all rate the hands on mentor versus coach? I'm, 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 I I ain't got nothing to say, but amen. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't lie. Wow. <laughs> no hard told. Woo, that water went down the wrong pipe. So, woo. Hey, uh, man, we love you, dog. We love you. So, here we go. We got some Next merch question. in the mail for you. Yeah, we do. Next question, man. This is a big one. So, now that we're here, who or what are we tapping into for support? So, Doc, we had a show last week. You talked about a person you tap into. For the folks that missed it, give them a little preview of what you talked about, who you tapping into. Uh, so one one of my 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 main mentors, and like I said, it happened organically, like just off, you know, by happenstance, is Beth Huff, who is a principal in um, Fulton, Missouri, uh, Fulton Middle School. Um, she's an author of the book Lead Like a Pirate. She runs the Lead Lat Chat. Um, um, shout out to her because actually I'm gonna be actually facilitating the Lead Lat Chat this Saturday at nine thirty Central Standard Time. So she's giving me an opportunity to do that. Um, but I, I I basically picked up her book just on happenstance. At, at Barnes and Nobles after I got my job. And then I, I got lucky and got blessed to be a part of the Missouri Leadership Academy, the 35th cohort last year. And she happened to be a part of the same cohort. Um, and we connected. And I mean, and it was just like from day one, we just had this energy. I mean, she, like I said, she's been doing it for seven years. I kind of, you know, went to her site. She did a presentation and looked at all the stuff that she was doing. And I'm like, that's kind of like, that's what I, that's what I want for my school. Like that community engagement, that's, you know, students excited to be in the building. Um, so she's been one of my main mentors that um, I, I've leaned on over the last year um, for sure. And then this year, like I said, it's kind of you talk about that boss, you know, one of my my, my boss, Dr. King, who's the assistant student for curriculum instruction. I think she kind of goes back and forth. There's days where she's that coach where she's coming in like, hey, I need you to do X, Y and Z. Here's where you're falling short. But then there's some days where she steps in and be, she's a mentor. And she said, OK, let me be your sounding board. Talk about what you want to do. and Let me kind of help you walk through there. And I think she walks. She's able to play both of those roles so well for me um, as opposed to last year. And I. I tell people just the other day is like, I feel like last year I was kind of like out there on my own. It was kind of like when a kid is first learning how to walk, you just kind of let your kid, they grab on the tables and they get their steps. And, you know, as a parent, you kind of just let them do their thing. But then once they get their feet under me, you grab them by the hand and say, okay, now I can guide you where you need to go. And I feel like that's what she did with me last year. Like, I'm, I'm just going to throw you in, let you figure it out. And now that you kind of got a, a good foundation, now let me help you guide and tweak and move things where you need them to go and stuff like that. So those have definitely been two of the people that I've leaned on here lately. And we just talked about him, um, not from a coach standpoint, but really from a mentor standpoint is Unc. Um, like he's called and checked up on me over the last few weeks. I've been dealing with some stuff, um, you know, really giving me some advice, how to handle things, some stuff like, hey, you know, you know, you, you young in this game. So let me kind of help guide you and some things that you're going to do. So he he's been very, very, very instrumental these last few weeks as I've dealt with some stuff. Uh, personally and professional that he's kind of helped me walk through. So shout out to Unc for kind of stepping in and kind of seeing. Like I didn't ask him. He's just seen based on some stuff that I had mentioned on the show. You know, he reached out to me and then like I said, he's been checking on me ever since. So man, that's love. Shout out to, to Unc for that. So Bob man, who or what are you tapping into, man, as you are 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 developing as a leader, man? What what type of resources or what who are the people that you tapping into? Yeah. So when I when I made the transition to really pursue admin i really got connected through twitter and i think it's amazing all the educational leaders that you find on twitter mm. and through that you know i started listening to educational podcasts and uh you know fortunately you know a year ago i found a black hands and i mean it's, it's it's been invaluable to just like listen you know i feel like i'm like sitting at the feet of, of all these wise uh mm -hmm. educators man i mean 
I just, I just think about, you know, they they, they've got these great experiences and they're sharing them and they're, they're trying to make life better for, for black kids and black families. I mean, that's, that that's amazing. And so, you know, the, the, this past year, you know, to really tapping into the hands has been huge in my my development as, as a leader, as a dad, uh, all those things. But but really, when I jumped on Twitter, um, I found uh, a guy, uh, Danny Bauer. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him or you heard of him. Um, Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. And, uh, you know, just just randomly, I just decided to like reach out to him. I sent him a direct message on Twitter and we've been connected since uh, 2015. And he's been, I've been following, you know, his journey. We've connected uh, so many different ways, but I'm, I'm part of his mastermind. And if you're not familiar with what a mastermind is, basically it's a, it's a group of life, like-minded folks in the same type of industry. He's leading uh, education masterminds. And uh, mm. so um, I've been part of his mastermind for a little over two years, probably two and a half years. And we meet, actually, we meet on Wednesday afternoons, Wednesday evenings. And, uh, you know, we're, we're talking leadership. We're talking uh, professional development. We're, we're sharing our experiences as school leaders. And, and it's been invaluable to just have a resource, have folks that are going through a lot of the similar types of experiences as we are. And, uh, you know, it, it's just been uh, one of the best investments uh, that, that I've made in myself. And, uh, you know, I feel like it's, it's much more of a family than it is, you know, professional development or coaching and things like that. And, you know, I've been able to be on his podcast, uh, you know, just 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 through that that network. I mean, he's been mm-hmm. one of those people that is like, you know, uh, been a sponsor for me and, and, and opened up doors uh, for me to share my story. And uh, so, you know, I'm thankful for that. Yeah, man. Listen, and it, it popped up in the chat, man. If you are in education. Uh, you you got to get you a Twitter account, and I'm not saying just to get on there. To, if you don't, if you're not a really tweeter, if you say, "Well, I ain't really a tweeter," just get on there for the free professional development, and, and we, you know we'll give you a list of people uh, that that we recommend you follow them. But and we said it, and you hear us talking about it a lot, man. And we not get money for this. When we shout out the A Black Hands, man, I need you to understand how authentic it is because there would be no AOS podcast without the A Black Hands. I need y'all to right. understand that this started and birthed from the idea of um. Just having us on to talk to black uh, school leaders from different areas across the country, man. And then the energy we had, he was like, man, y'all should do your own thing. And then we just connected. So that's why we say that. And it was through the eight black hands, man, where I was able to really feel like I got to know leaders that I had been seeing, man. Like, So I, I named two, two for sure that I feel like the eight black hands have just like introduced me to. The first one has got to be. The GOAT and Howard Fuller, right? I've known about mm. Howard Fuller for years, but I just known him by name, man. But it wasn't until I tapped in to the A Black Hands and and I, you know, doing the writings with Chris and was able to to work with that that I was able to to meet this man in person and, and sit in a room. And I don't know if, if Unc remember this man, but the first time I met Unc was we was in Chris had brought um some bloggers, man, to I think, man, I think it was Philly. And I met Unc for the first time, man. I don't know if you remember that, but I, I met him, I remember, man, just him talking. I'm like, man, this dude is sharp. And they said he was the superintendent out in um, in New York. And I'm like, man, I, I need to know this dude. And I started following the hands. And I, I met Charles there. And I knew Sharif because I went to the, the conference that first year when he had the Black Male, uh, leader, uh, Black Male uh, Conference in Philly. And so I got to see all these folks, man. Uh, Brittany Pacnetti, who's now, uh, I think Cunningham is her name. Uh, people like Steve Perry. People like... Uh, Kaya Henderson, right? It was through their podcast as, that I've seen all these people and got to hear them. And so, man, I'm just constantly tapping into them, man, following them on Twitter, when they're on podcasts, when they're talking about things, man, just tapping into them because 
they've been doing this work for a long time. They've been doing this work at the highest level, man. It's just like in sports, man. Like folks watch MJ and they watch Kobe and they watch Wilt and they watch all these greats, man. And when they talk to these greats, because they, they, they've been there and they've done it at the highest level. That's all that we're trying to do, man. We're trying to tap into folks who've done this education thing, done this advocacy for black kids at the highest level the right way. And I'm just trying to tap into them any, any chance that I get. And so they've been able to open those doors for me, man. I'm just appreciative of that. So I'm always just tapping in. So when they get a, when they bring an education leader on there that I ain't heard of, I'm straight on the Google and I'm following them on Twitter uh, and just to get to know them, man. So that, that's who I'm tapping into and what I'm tapping into to make sure I think I you brought sharp. up. I think you brought up a good point because I think sometimes when we think of mentors, we think of like somebody that that's right there with me that I can physically touch or know personally. Like, I mean, and I said, I've said this before that I feel like Chris, uh, not Chris, sorry. Uh, I, I do want to say something about Chris though in a minute, but uh, Dr. Cole has like mentored me from afar. Dr. Cole was the, he's the actual only eight black hand that I actually met in person. I met him at the ESSA conference back in February and that's kind of how I got tapped into the eight black hands. Uh, but just talking to him for those few moments and then hearing him give his keynote address was amazing. Like, I mean, it was kind of like you can you can be authentically you as a doctor and still get the work done. Like it was kind of like, you know, I, something I had not seen before um, that really allowed me to kind of take my my advocacy for my students to a whole nother level. Like, you know, like truly understanding that there. But I think I so I think that you don't have to have a mentor that's sitting right there in your same space, physical space, but it could be mm -hmm. somebody that's mentoring you from afar that makes a uh makes a difference for you as well. So shout out to Dr. Cole, big brother Charles, uh, for the mentor he's done for me. The one thing I wanted to say about cousin Chris, did y'all peep cousin Chris Compton look on the show this past Sunday? I did, uh, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> The hat cock to the side, man. I didn't know it said boat man until they said the it. Boat, the boat, the yeah, boat the hat. The boat hat. I thought it was a Raiders hat for a minute. <laughs> I, did I did too, man. Hey, man, listen. Again, man, if y'all listen, if y'all ain't tuned in, I know most people that follow us uh, have, but we got a lot of folks that listen to our show later on, man, and they hear the audio, man. But if you ain't tapped in Sunday nights, 9 30 Eastern, man, to the hands, man, do. Dudes be wild, man, but they be dropping gems. And you got to listen, right? Because if you don't listen, man, you, you just get caught up in in, in the, the fire approach, man. You, you missing some of those those hidden gems they dropped, man. Like last last Sunday, man, some gems was dropped. Man, they were saying some stuff, man, that, that had you thinking. Had some heat going. So definitely, man. So th this one, this next one, man, and I, I'll kick this one off. It's, it's kind of our last topic, man, but it's, it's lifting as we climb, man. And that coaching tree. So listen, I don't know about y'all, man. I'm trying to be out here like Belichick, man. I'm trying to get my, I'm trying to get my Lane Kiffin's dog. You hear me? My, my, uh, who else he had? Charlie Strong. Now that's Belichick. So Belichick is saving. I'm trying to get a culture tree, man, where I can, I can build up the next generation, man. And they go off in these other schools and they doing the same work, but it all ties right to, to, to summit, right? That That's where it tied to. It's like the West coast offense, right? Everybody running it, and it all circles back to Bill Walsh, man. And they, they, they talk about this. So I'm, that's what I'm trying to build, man, because I believe mm -hmm. that, that we got to have folks that's going to carry the torch. And I talked about it before, especially us as black men. We got to keep that door open. We got to keep that, that, that seat warm for the next black man that, that comes through the door, man. And I share this to you, man. When I was young and as a leader, man, I made, you know, I made a, a, a mistake, a personal mistake, man, that, that infiltrated like the professional piece. And the piece that, that, that helped me get back focused was that I could shut the door for the next young black male that has all the credentials and all the skill set to be a school leader. 
but somebody ain't gonna give him a chance because they was like, you know what? Now nah, we gave Dave McGuire a chance and look what he did. And so we have that obligation, man. And so I, I'm real big on that. And I'm real big on, on bringing those up with me, lifting as I climb, making sure I send the elevator back down because somebody sent it down for me. And I can't just stay up at the top and not send it back. And so I'm, I got my three teacher leaders. Uh, we, they're called the Summon Ambassador Fellows. One's a SPED teacher. Um, is a black male, a black female math teacher, and a black female who's a, a second and third grade ELA teacher, man. And th they go through these modules uh, once a month over certain leadership traits. And now they're uh, doing some pieces in a building where, the, where they're taking on certain roles and leading initiatives. And so I'm trying to get to that piece where I'm building them. So when I take when I take my next step, that is an easy transition to who who takes that leadership, man. So talk about what y'all want to do with the um, with y'all coaching tree. Well, you know what? I'll 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 start, and you know, I think I want to take it back even further than the building leadership. You know, I'm looking at these kids, man. Um, you know, we we talk a lot about developing. Uh, the next generation, like we don't, we don't have a pipeline of black male educators. Doc, you talked mm -hmm. about not having, not really having any uh, that supported you going through your experience. Uh, I had one black male teacher from, uh, from kindergarten all the way through college. Um, Mr. Gusa, sixth grade, teaching me Swahili. And the crazy thing about uh, Mr. Gusa is he taught at Ohio State, and my dad actually had him in college. So, you know, I mean, just just that that small network. But anyway, yeah, I, I think about the kids, man. I, I think about wanting to grow this profession, wanting to grow opportunities for for black males. Uh, it's it starts at the youngest youngest ages. You know, I coach my kids in our community leagues and the, the flag football and the basketball and things like that. And, you know, they they know me because, you know, they they know I'm, I'm the principal and that type of thing. But like that, that has an impact. And when they see us in that positive light, trying to coach and trying to make them better. You know, I, I also think about, you know, the experiences, um, you know, this you don't really have a whole lot of, of, of black teachers. I mean, I don't, I don't, in my, in my district, we don't have a lot of black teachers in my school. We only have one. Uh, and, and so they need to see us. They need to see us. We need to inspire them and we need to encourage them. You know, when I was at the high school level, I was always talking to kids. I was like, you know what? You ever think about teaching, whether, the, you know, whether I saw it in them or not, but we all got that potential. We're all leaders in whatever aspect. And, 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 and we set the trends, you know, as a, as a community, as an African-American community, we, we set tr cultural trends. And if we can make being educated, being an educator, a trend, that's what I want to see. You know, that yeah. I, I think that's, that's part of my legacy. I might not see it, you know, hopefully 20 years down the line, I'll, I'll, I'll see it and that'll come to fruition. So, so that's, that's what I'm thinking. I'm always thinking like, I got, I got to get that 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 young black man that young black woman interested in education uh somehow somehow but you know it, it we can i can also talk to the teachers as well because i i definitely want uh want to have that legacy of, of folks um you know I, I had a conversation with my assistant principal you know not too long ago like hey you know what that that's my job is to get you that next job my, my job is to you know mm -hmm. be able to replace me like I, sh I should be out of a job because you're ready to do it yeah, absolutely, man. That legacy piece, man. I tell my teachers all the time, man, I'm going to get you paid. Just, <laughs> I'm going to get you paid if you want it. So, so Doc, man, talk about, man, your leadership tree, man, and what you're so, trying to build. Because I've seen it. And we follow it on, on, on Facebook, man. So talk, talk about that. 
Uh, so basically, I, I want to kind of hit on what, what Ball talked about first is that that next generation piece before, before mm. I come to my you know current administration tree where I'm at now. And there's two two men, three men I want to talk about. The first two, Chris Dixon and Braxton Crowder, who in my fourth year teaching was in my eighth grade math class. And these were two young men who gave me hell day in and day out. They were both in the band. They both drummed. They thought my tables in my classroom was their nose drum set. And, you know, uh, had constant running in, you know, nothing real big, but kind of just that chip on their shoulder, never had a black man try to, you know, put them in line. So they kind of was bucking against the system. And the school year ended. And I thought I'd have had no, you know, kind of impact on these young men. They were eighth graders. They went on, oh no, they were seventh graders. They went on to eighth grade and everything like that. Um, and it wasn't until approximately about, man, maybe seven years later, I'm actually in Kansas City now and I get an, um, a Facebook message from Braxton. And Braxton was like, uh, Dr. Smith, he was like, I was Mr. Smith. He was like, Mr. Smith, I was hanging out with some of my friends the other day and we were talking about the best teacher we ever had. And I had to get a hold of you and let you know that I'm in college now. And because you was the first black man I seen with a degree and I knew because you could do what I could do and stuff like that. Also, his best friend, Chris, uh, Chris was his best friend. I ran into Chris last summer at in Vegas at our conclave, who's now a Sigma as well. And he came up to me, was like, you know, uh, you know, I followed you on Facebook. I seen you was a Sigma. So when I went to college, I make sure I wanted to be a Sigma, you know what I'm saying? So the, the impact you had on, you know, these young men, even when I thought I didn't have any impact at all, was tremendous. And then another young man, I'll talk about Javen Betts, who is currently a sophomore at Kansas City, uh, KU. He went to high school with my daughter. He found out I was in education. He found out I was working on my doctorate. And I and, you know, came to me, was like, uh, Mr. Smith or Dr. Smith, can I, can you mentor me? Like, can you help? Like, I want to go into education. I want to be a superintendent one day. So I've been working with him um, last year. He came up to my school a few times and shadowed me. Um, you know, he's helped me do some, uh, he's helped me do some work uh, around retention with black males in college right now. So really, I mean, just so like I said, helping that next generation get into education and be the next, you know, leaders in the school. As far as my current coach, my uh, leadership tree. Um, and I, like I said, and when you're doing the work, you don't even really think about it until you think back on it. Uh, I want to talk about um, three people that was in my building last year with me as a first year principal. The first one was Mr. Moore, who was my assistant principal, who um, we worked together and I kind of coached, mentored him up in instruction because when I came in, he talked about how he was a building manager. He knew how to do discipline, but he didn't understand instruction. So just like I got myself a better lesson coach, I got him a better lesson coach. I got him into the leadership academy. You know, I started showing him all these different PDs, like sending them to conference and things like that. He got promoted to the high school this past summer. You know, uh, my instructional coach, Mrs. Dane, was my instructional coach last year. We did a lot of work around just changing the instructional focus. We focused around making sure people understood what the purpose of a lesson plan was, putting POCs in place and things like that. And now she's a principal at one of the elementaries in the district. And then the last person I want to talk about who's in the comment, Ms. Dakis, who was my 1A, who I was so hurt to leave, was one of my math teachers who basically um, was doing her thing. And like I said, I, I seen something in her and I pulled her onto the BLT team. She was the building representative for our appropriate team. She's now an instructional coach with the district. So like, like when you talk about that, that, that Andy Reid, Bill Belichick type of tree that you want to build. Like, that's what I'm trying to build. Like, I want to be able to send out people to run things in different buildings, take, you know, education structure to the level. You talked about the West Coast offense. This will be the last piece. My West Coast offense, so if you're trying to, you know, grow as a leader, this is my West Coast offense. What we focus on first is you, you're an instructional leader first. As the principal and administrator in the building, you first are an instructional leader. I don't care. About, we can do figure out how to do discipline. We can figure out how to do bus schedules and all that. But if you don't know instruction, you can't work under me. Like you have to know instruction first and foremost, no questions asked. Then the next thing, I'm all about the Marzano teaching map. If you don't know about the Marzano teaching map, I can send you some resources. To me, it's basically a one snapshot of what good teaching looks like. Um, and we're actually in the process of doing that in my building now. Student and parent voices is a priority for me. 
mm-hmm. making sure student bearing voices are a part of what I'm trying to do. And then the last thing is teacher appreciation. And Dave already know how I do teacher appreciation because his teachers be like, man, look, you need to talk to your boy because uh, we just did final Friday a couple weeks ago. We had past food truck out here for all the teachers. Uh, we was doing uh, Philly cheese steaks and funnel cakes. So I'm all about doing teacher appreciation because my teachers work hard and I want to make sure that their work is appreciated. So that's my West Coast office. I'm trying to implement as a leader. Man, there, there it is. So look, fellas, we we have final thoughts, man. So and we've talked about a lot between coaching and mentors. So let's wrap our final thoughts bro, about how we're going to put a bow on that. Uh, so, Bowman, I'm going to let you close it because this was your, okay. your thing. Um, so I, I kick it off. I go to Doc, man, and I'll let you close it, boss. So my final thoughts is this, and, and y'all touched about it, that this next generation. So this is my plea and my call to schools. If you do a career fair and you don't have a booth about teaching, you should be slapped. Because how are you going to be a school and you ain't got a booth about education? You got a building full of teachers and you ain't got nobody that's going to talk about education. That's the problem. So you, you can't have you can't encourage kids to get an education when you don't even talk about it in your career fair. Two, you got teachers that complain about their job all the time. They know that's a no-no here. That's a no-no up in the summit. You got to go if you don't love it. So if you have a career fair, pull a teacher from your building to talk to the kids about education. And the last thing, if you see that in somebody, that they have that potential. And, Ball, you talked about that, man. Foster that love for that kid to be the teacher because we have to make sure that we build the next generation. I had a kid tell me, a third grader, said, Ms. Guar, I want to be a teacher. I said, enough said. I said, we got to get her the support we need. And every time that she sees a teacher, she's a positive environment. She needs to hear the good in teaching. So that's my final thoughts, man. We have to be our advocates for the profession because nobody's going to love our profession like we do. You don't see lawyers complaining about their job. They may It may be tough, but they're not complaining about it. They're getting just trying to get more kids to be lawyers. And same thing with doctors. And we need to do the same with education, specifically with teaching. So that's my final thoughts. Doc, what you got? Uh, my, my final thought is I just want to go back to the piece we, we talked about with the coaches mentor piece. Um, if, if you're in this profession and you're trying to progress, I don't care if you're a teacher, first year, second year, 20th year, or if you're an assistant principal instructional coach, you know, assistant superintendent, and you're trying to move to that next area, you're going to need a coach and a mentor. You're going to need that person that's going to be results driven, that's going to give it to you uh, straight, no chaser. But then you also gonna need that mentor to come in and undergird you and kind of help build you back up after that coach kind of rip you down. Uh, but then also, like I said, you're going to need that sponsorship because there's going to be some rooms you're not going to be able to get into that you're not going to be privy to those conversations that you're going to need somebody in that room to talk you up, to speak you up. Uh, and that's very important. And sometimes those roles cross over. A person can be coached one day, mentor the next day, a sponsor the next day. But you definitely going to need that. You're not going to make it in this work alone. And the last thing I want to say is for all my black males out there in education, like, please reach back and help another black man get up. Like I said, I came up the hard way. I say that there's very few black men in my tree that helped me get to where I am. It was a lot of black women that that lifted me up and helped me get where I was. Um, so it's, and I, with that. You know, one of the things I'm doing to try to change that narrative is, um, if you don't know, I'm one of the co-founders of Black Male Educators in Greater Kansas City, where we're trying to uplift and move forward the Black Male Educators in the city. So that's my final thought. Doc, I appreciate that. Uh, I'm I'm just going to finish up saying, you know, this topic came up for me just because, uh, again, I've I've talked about this, not having um, any other Black administrators uh, at the principal level, uh, one other in the assistant principal level in my district. You can't wait. If you're a leader, you can't wait to get someone to for your district to come up with a plan to support you. You have to go out there. You have to be proactive. You have to make it happen. Find someone. Doesn't matter if they're black, white, green, yellow, whatever. There are people <laughs> that see leadership in you. 
find those folks, latch on to them, uh, just, you know, pick their brain and uh, and get that support that you need. Uh, and, and just like Doc said, you know, I was also thinking like, we can't wait to recruit those other black male educators. So go to those local colleges, go to those kids that are in your schools right now, encourage them. If they don't have any other positive experience, they need to have that positive experience with you. Amen, so I man. just, I, I, you know, I just, I just want to give a shout out to y'all. Cause I, I appreciate y'all each and every week that we come together, man. Listen, Hey folks, this has been the AOS podcast episode seven. You can catch us October 21st for episode eight again on a Wednesday. That's going to be our, our new, our new start, our new day. Same time that we've been going on the Fridays. We appreciate you listening. Be on the lookout. We about to drop the link. Cause I know we have some folks asking. So we still owe you the link from our conversation last week. So you can get that link and also the link for this week, share this video, tag somebody who was your mentor or your coach or somebody that you're mentoring and coaching and have their listen. But again, this has been the AOS podcast, episode seven. See y'all in two weeks, man. Much love. Go Peace. mob. 11, 17, 11.